Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff. Um, missing today is my co-host, Jessica Schleif. Uh, we are still trying to figure out how to continue to record our show um, in this new era of social distancing. And uh, we're working on that. We've got some plans. But in the meantime, I had been approached by um, Coast Community Radio news correspondent Joanne Rideout asking me some questions about how farms, how my, how my own farm and how other local farms in our area were adapting to the whole COVID-19 pandemic changes that have wrought so much chaos in so many people's lives. And so um, uh, we, we kind of uh, got our heads together and figured out that we could do this as an in-season show. So we've got a, a new in-season show talking about local farms and farming. Um, and I'm so grateful, Joanne, thank you so much for, for being flexible and helping me figure this out. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really glad to be able to help. It's a little weird to be on this side of it because technically you're interviewing me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'm, usually I'm interviewing right you about your black thumb. And so <laughs> brown thumb. You've only got a brown thumb, Joanne. You're not a cool Yeah, so I'm trying to overcome that now. I have inspiration to try and grow something yeah, without killing absolutely, it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I know. Well, if ever there was a time to grow yes. your own food, this is that time. Well, so can I ask you how, how things have changed on the farm for you in the past month? I mean, it seems like it was just a month ago we were all going, oh, wow, something terrible is happening in another country, and now it's here. I, <sighs> I My head is still completely spinning. Um, you know, it's funny because this year I had planned for some big changes on our farm this year. I was trying to reconfigure how I did how I operated the farm um, and how I sold things um, for a number of years now our farm has done had a CSA program a community supported agriculture program where we sold vegetables produce through that and I had decided not to do that this year and kind of scale back we were going to do some farm stand sales here out at the farm maybe twice a month do like plant starts and produce and cut flowers and you know I had restaurant sales and um, sold to the Astoria co-op as well and Oh boy, you know, not doing the farm stand sales out here at the farm this year. Um, our restaurant sales have all gone away. Um, mm -hmm. We still have the Astoria Co-op as a great partner. Um, but I've had to reconfigure how I do things. And, you know, I had planned this year to really expand my cut flower business because I love growing flowers. Um, but this maybe doesn't seem like the year to do that when I think there's such high demand for vegetables, you know, for produce and fruit. So um, I'm actually going back to, you know, taking out some of the flower beds that I'd planned for and switching those back to vegetables, expanding more of that, and um, kind of firing up my CSA email list again. I I did more of a kind of a, an availability list that people ordered from, and then I delivered to a, a central location. So we're reconfiguring that and and figuring out how to make that work. Um, which is what I hear from a lot of other farms in our area. Everybody's scrambling to figure out how to reconfigure and keep selling or switch how they sell. Well, so what are what are some of those creative ways that you're hearing from other people, other farmers in the region, that people may be getting their produce from depending on where they live? Yeah, well, you know, there's, there was a number of farms um, that I, I reached out to that got back to me about some of the changes that they're making. Um, you know, two that really jumped out at me, and there's a, a great uh, – a company called Forage and Farm. Matt at Forage and Farm reached out, and um, so he does a lot of like wild crafted, you know, mushrooms and fiddlehead ferns and nettles and really cool stuff that he forages. 
and he was saying that like 99% of his customers were, were restaurants. It was a huge restaurant business, and they've all stopped mm. making orders, and those orders have not returned. And they did have a small CSA program that they were doing, which they've now had to like really ramp up their CSA program and their delivering boxes. Um, you know, so they're doing you know produce for people sheltering at home, and and that's been a big change for him. Um, they're they're struggling. I think I hope that they'll make it work. I've seen some really cool posts online. They've got a really cool food challenge going on on social media for like people who are in their CSA posting pictures of what they make with the ingredients um, in their box, which is a super cool way of building community as well. So I think they're they're finding creative ways of dealing with it, but that's a blow when you lose such a huge chunk of your business. Um, you know, similarly, uh, Larry Nelson, who has Lana Conscious Farm out in the Lewis and Clark area, and he was saying like 60 to 70% of what they grow goes to restaurants or went to restaurants, and when those closed, that's a big change. So they're increasing their CSA families. They're going to offer more to the co-op. They might, they're looking into other ways to connect and maybe do like a once-a-week pickup somewhere. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of changing that model. I think what, what most people seem to be doing is switching to much more of a CSA um, subscription service, people contacting them and, and paying for weekly deliveries of vegetables. Some places might be doing, like, accepting, you know, week-by-week -week orders. Some people might, you know, want you to pay up front for several months. Everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out and adapt to what's going to work for them. But, you know, for farms, especially that where restaurant sales or farmer's market sales were a huge part of their business, this is a big change and, and potentially a big financial blow. Scott, over at Blackberry Bog Farm out in Simpson, you know, his son is young and tech savvy and just set up an online store for them. And I'm like, yeah. dang, <laughs> you know, I had actually, I was toying with an online store for last year and then with not doing my CSA ordering anymore, I just closed it and got rid of it. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? You know, there's, those are that kind of technology. Everything's going so much more online. You know, touchless payment, learning like about digital payment systems. Well, a lot of farms still really just deal in cash mm -hmm. or baby checks. Not all of them take credit cards. And so you're also having to learn about all these digital payment systems and how do they work. And, you know, there's a, a steep learning curve in some areas for some farms that, mm. you know, I guess, you know, I would just ask the public for patience as everybody figures out how they're going to do this, um, how they're going to get their food to people. Um, I think some farms are, are exploring home delivery. Some farms are allowing pickup at their farms, um, but with limitations. You know, a lot of them want to schedule it. They want you to place your order in advance. And if you do, and I guess I would just also say, you know, be aware that farms are really, farmers need to take care of their own health. And a lot of farms are very reluctant to have people come and just visit their farm right now. Don't just drive up to a farm and knock on the door and say, hey, I see you grow vegetables. Can I buy some? Mm -hmm. You know, be aware of the fact that farms are really trying to be careful about their sanitation, their social distancing. We need to keep our own health safe because if I 
get sick or I have to be quarantined, whoa, that's a big change for my farm. Yeah, for sure. You know? So I think just, you know, reach out. Either if you know the farm, you could send them an email or, or make a phone call. You know, bear in mind, it might take a while for people to get back to you because they're very busy with lots of other things going on right now. You can reach out to farms through organizations like Food Roots or North Coast Food Web who have contact lists for all kinds of area farms in our region, all up and down the North Oregon coast and, you know, Washington Peninsula. Those are great ways to kind of find out who's selling local produce and then see, you know, what might be a good fit. But have you have you had any trouble getting supplies relating to your farming needs? It has been challenging on some fronts um, with the supplies. Uh, you know, there are some local farm supply stores that have things for, for local farms, and that's great. Um, I know a lot of small farms also access farm supplies in the Portland area, you know, or Salem area, and, or Corvallis area, and that can be challenging, you know, if we're told not to travel and some of those stores have really restricted their hours and how you're able to purchase from them. One of the biggest impacts I've seen is um, in seeds. The seed companies have just been hit so hard with orders. So many of them are back ordered. And where normally I would get, you know, maybe have like a, a week turnaround at most for me to get these seeds that I needed. Now you're looking at like, you know, two to four, sometimes six weeks out. You know, there was a couple of seed companies that like stopped taking orders at all just so that they could then get caught up with their backlog. Um, one of my favorite seed companies in Oregon, Adaptive Seeds, they, I think their latest email said that they've had a 380% increase in their business this time of year. Wow. And they've had a 50% reduction in their staff because they've had to send people home or people have to be at home now because they've lost their child care. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, it was suddenly like, oh, my goodness, all these things that I need to be sewing now, and I'm trying to ramp up sewing more of certain things, and suddenly I don't have the seed for it. And I've got to wait two to four weeks. And with seed sewing, there really is a window of when you can sow it in order to have a plant in time to get it planted, in order to take advantage of that growing season, um, I think I'm going to be okay. I don't think there's going to be too much that I've had to just go, well, I guess I'm not going to grow that this year. But that was unexpected, you know. And I, I, I mean, on the one hand, I'm excited that people are excited about growing their own food and growing their own gardens. But it is unbelievable. The I don't want to I, – I, people are afraid, you know. And, and they're afraid and they, they panic and they buy a lot of stuff. And what's hard, I think, for some people to understand is seed doesn't always stay viable, you know, for years and years and years unless you store it very, very carefully. And even then, the germination rates go down each year. So if you just bought, you know, enough carrot seed to last you for 10 years, you know, it's probably not going to last that long. And 10 years from now, that seed's not going to germinate. You know, I I think there's going to be a big learning curve. And I just on that note, I want to say to reach out to people and say, you know, if you are starting a, a food garden for the first time this year, um, I would really encourage people to reach out to um, the, the 
Master Gardener program, um, whether you're Oregon Master Gardener or I know we have listeners in Washington, so Washington Master Gardeners. I know Oregon, I believe they've put some, some like vegetable growing classes online for free. Yes, they have. They put so, the Master Gardener program online for free. Yeah, so that would be a great way yeah. if you're able to access that, you know, do those those online lessons. That would be a great way to get some orientation to how to start a vegetable garden successfully, especially if you've never done it before. Because there's, you know, it's not just throwing a bunch of seeds out in your backyard and then, you know, a month from now you're going to have a produce department. There's certainly some easier crops to start with, you know, things like lettuce or peas or, you know, kale or things, beans, things like that. But um, but there's a lot of things that are kind of tricky to grow in this area anyway. Um, so I, I don't want to discourage anyone. I'm excited. I, I'm really excited that there's so many people wanting to grow and you know and there's a lot of farms that are out there that, that do sell plant starts and I really want to call that out you know Blackberry Bog our our plants all sells plant starts at um, Two Old Goats in Napa um, Carolina um, Corvus Landing Farm down in Nesquin I forget the name of the store that she sells it at but if you contact her website um, she has plant starts available um, there's a lovely farm called K Jewels Farm um, in the Astoria area, I believe she's selling at the North Coast Food Web. They have a pickup day there. Um, just reach out, and that might be a way to, to find out if a farm has plant starts available. I, I think that, that Scott at Blackberry Bog put it well. He says, the most important way the public can support us beyond buying our stuff is to help keep us healthy. And so we have to be very, very careful about our own health so that we can keep doing this mm-hmm. and not get sick or not have to be quarantined. Um, mm-hmm. And that we can be sure that we're not that we're being safe in what we sell to our customers, especially if we're selling to customers who have health issues. So, really check with a farm about where they're selling their stuff, how they want to do it. Some farms are doing on-farm pickup, but they have some very strict rules about it. So definitely check in with the farm beforehand. Um, so the, there's two great organizations in our area down in Tillamook County, um, Food Roots. And then up here in Clatsop County, North Coast Food Web are both organizations that work a lot with local farms and local food. And they both have ways that they're helping to facilitate farmers to get their products out to the public. Food Roots has a um, farm table store in downtown Tillamook, and it's open. Um, I don't know if it's open seven days a week, but it's open kind of daily. And what they're doing is they, they're taking phone orders and they have curbside pickup. And they've seen a huge um, increase in, in both the supply of local products because there's a lot of farms that are now, like maybe their restaurant customers have gone, and so they're selling through um, the farm table store. Um, and so if you contact Food Roots, you could find out more about that. Um, one thing that they said, which I thought was was sad, and so they definitely want to get the word out about this, they noticed a big drop in their low-income food purchases. So the people who are using SNAP EDT sales were really low. And they have um, been able to expand their Double Up Food Bucks program to provide a SNAP match for all their eligible SNAP food items at their store, so not just on fruits and vegetables. And their SNAP match increases, um, I think it was like from $1 to $2. So basically like if you spend $10 in your SNAP money, you get $20 extra to spend on any food item. So that's one way that they're reaching out to low-income customers who um, are eligible for that program to try and help them continue to access fresh fresh food, which is great. Um, mm. and I really I really just uh, commend them for those efforts. 
And then up here in Classic County, North Coast Food Web, you know, they for a long time have had this once a week Thursday, you know, kind of farm market day at their office in Astoria. And they're they're kind of making some pivots. They're doing some online sale kind of thing. So they've moved their weekly in-person farm stand to a thing where you order online and then you pick up. So they'll like pack your order for you and then you pick it up there. And um, and so the, if you go to the North Coast Food Web website, you can find out more about how to order from local producers there. They also have a, a local products page that they wanted to, to let people know about. Um, it's a kind of for, for farms that are selling direct to community members. It's a place where they can, the public can find out about, you know, how to buy local products, and um, farmers can contact North Coast Food Web to be added to that list. So if you've got, you know, you're a farm and you want to be able to sell your eggs or your vegetables or whatever it is that you've got, you can contact North Coast Food Web and they can add you to that list. So if people are checking in with North Coast Food Web, they can say, oh, this this farm, this farm, this farm. I'm going to call them and see what they've got. Um, they also have, and they wanted me to mention this um, for any producers that are out there, and then also for the public who are looking for ways to support farms. North Coast Food Web has started a relief fund for food producers, so they're doing a mini grant fund, um, and they're aiming to be able to give out five $1,000 grants, and they'll start accepting applications for those grants once they have $1,000. I don't think they've quite hit that $1,000 mark yet, but their goal is to be able to give different food producers you know, a grant funding to help them with expenses or, you know, things in these challenging times, which is incredibly generous also. So if you want to donate to that fund that North Coast Food Web has going on to help support local food producers, that's a great way to do it too. Um, so again, Food Roots, um, I think their website is foodrootsnw.org, um, and then North Coast Food Web is northcoastfoodweb.org. The two websites, um, you could Google them, look them up, get to know them. And here's the I think there is also a, like a food network over on the Washington side of the river, but I wasn't able to connect with them before this conversation. So I know that North Coast Food Web does, um, does facilitate for a lot of farms over on the Washington side of the river. So again, I think they're a great resource um, to contact. And again, what I would just say is if you are reaching out to a farm to try and buy directly from them, just really be respectful of their time because a lot of farms are having to do a lot of more work now, you know, incorporating all of these extra, um, you know, social distancing, sanitation. They may have lost farm workers. You know, there may be things that are just making it take a lot longer to get that work done. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not going to be necessarily a fast turnaround. And again, what we're harvesting right now is what we sowed before this whole pandemic hit. Wow. So we didn't know a month ago, two months ago, that this was going to happen. Um, and so we're trying to respond now going into the future and increase. So okay. know, I, I guess a little patience. Sure. So what about your farm? We've so got a couple of different things that we're doing. Um, you know, so, so there was this incredibly ironic thing that happened to me this year. Was really trying to back off from growing so much vegetables because it's you know it would be hard on your body. Um, a lot of that yeah. animal veg production is really hard work, and you know sometimes finding um, labor can be challenging. And um, yeah, especially right you know, now. And and especially also the skilled labor. This is a challenge for a lot of farms in our area. Farm work is is skilled labor, 
And it's not something that, that you can just walk in off the street and just immediately pick up and do, especially at the speed to which most farms need to, to you know, sow and cultivate and harvest and process to be profitable. And so um, for a lot of farms, um, that can be a challenge. And so, you know, again, I was looking to configure things differently. I had planned uh, this year we were going to start doing like twice a month kind of farm stand sales out here at our farm. So we were going to have, you know, plant starts and produce and cut flowers and kind of do a little farm stand twice a month and um, let people come out to the farm and and come shop here. And that's really gone out the window <laughs> this year. Wow. You know, and again, I, I've not, I decided not to do a CSA. And now I've kind of started it up again. I do a, a CSA where I, I kind of just have an uh, availability list that I let people order from. So if people want to be part of your CSA, what do they do? Well, um, it's a pretty full right now, but I would okay. people, I could put people on a waiting list um, for sure, and they can contact me. Um, probably the best way to do it is to um, well, they could go to our website, which is 46northfarm.com. Just going to apologize right now. I haven't updated it since all this happened. There's an email link that they can send me a message, and um, and I can add them to my list. I mean, right now, like, the, we are we're more doing home deliveries, and so that's kind of limiting us to a little bit of the Astoria area, although I do have a friend who said he's willing to do some South County deliveries for me, so that's a possibility as well. And then we've got our plants at the Astoria Co-op. People can certainly buy plants there. Um, we'll be selling produce through them later on in the season. And... Um, you know, I still, like, in the future, I still definitely want to, you know, keep doing these farm stand sales, keep doing, start doing them. I have to start doing them in order to keep doing them. But, uh, you know, to do that as a way to connect with customers, um, that would be great. But I, I would also just, I mean, if people are, are looking for ways to connect with local farms, I would really encourage them to start with, you know, depending on where you are, start with either food routes or North Coast Food Web, be great ways to link you with a lot of different farmers okay. out there. Um, I'm just blown away by how many great farms there are in our area and um, all doing just wonderful stuff. There's a lot of good good food to go around. And, um, and I think it's, you know... Uh, I, there, there was a really sweet comment that um, Carolina from Corvus Landing Farm made, which she says, like, I'd like the public to remember that just because our world is changing so fast, the natural world is doing its thing as usual. That should be a comfort. Remember, it's spring and enjoy the buds opening and the birds singing and be patient for summer produce. And I think that's something to, that, that is kind of heartening as well as as much as so much of our social structure seems chaotic and falling apart right now, nature is doing its thing. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a cold spring, you know, and the weather is a bit more chilly than I'd like it to be, but nature's ticking along just fine. And in fact, it sounds like doing better than ever with like the incredible reduction in, in pollution all over the world. And so, you know, these systems are there. Things are going to grow. Food will be produced. Um, but there is a, a, a patience involved that um, I guess as a farmer, that's one of the things that you learn, you have to learn if you're going to do this work, is to, to be patient and also to, oh, it's interesting because in some ways it's like respecting that you're not in control. 
because nature always has the final word. It's, it's crazy. I feel like, uh, it, like, like it's like the toilet paper thing. Seeds, there's been such a run on seeds nationally. And seed companies have just been slammed. And so if you, like for myself, I was kind of staggering my seed orders this year, and I didn't order everything in January. I kind of paced myself, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to order some more stuff, you know, in, in March for things that I need to sow sort of late March in April so that I wasn't spending all my money in January. And, oh, my goodness, so many of the seed companies that I order from, you know, they're back-ordered. They've, they're sold out of things. Um, it's taking like four to six weeks to process orders. There's a couple of, of um, websites that they've just shut down. They're not taking any new orders for a while until they can just process their backlog because so many people all over the country have been ordering seeds because they're all, you know, everyone's panicking and wants to be able to grow food for themselves. And so that's been really challenging because there were some things that, you know, there there are some timing issues with when you need to sow your seeds, and I may have to make some adjustments of like, oh, you know, I may have missed the window to sow that, you know. Mm, wow. Like in hindsight, of course, I wish I'd placed all of my seed orders in January, but I didn't, and uh, I'm making it work. I got a couple of orders placed this week, and um, but you know, I was looking at what, one of my favorite seed companies is a, a business called Adaptive Seed. They're down in Sweet Home in Oregon, and they just sent out their new, a newsletter that was like their sales are up 380% over wow. last year, this this time of year. And their staff is down by 50% because mm. they, like a lot of workers have had, like now they have to be at home and take care of their kids because their kids are out of school or they don't have childcare. And then just with social distancing measures and safety and not having too many people work too closely together. So you've got these seed companies that are, getting slammed with extraordinary volume of orders, working with reduced staff. And so, like, that kind of access to seeds, I, I did not see that coming. And it kind of caught me on the hop for a few varieties of things that um, I'm having to make some changes in what I'm growing. Um, I, I also really wanted to, to give a shout and acknowledgement to, you know, our small farms are often like, you know, one or two people working on them. It's a small group of people. It's not hard to socially distance. So much of the produce that you do see in supermarkets right now are coming from larger farms um, in California, in Oregon, in in Mexico, wherever it's coming from. And there are so many farm workers out there in the fields who don't have paid sick leave, who don't have health insurance, who are not working necessarily in safe conditions where the whole production stream does not allow for safe social distancing. And I, you know, to me, they really are some of those unseen heroes that are keeping us fed and risking their lives to keep our country fed. And I hope that this can shine some light on those conditions and maybe improve them in the future, hopefully improve them in the future, because it's like people putting their lives, literally putting their lives on the line to go out and pick strawberries and peas and beans and lettuce so that markets can continue to have that, that food supply. You know, I I think that this is making people more aware of, like, what the essentials in life are. And I think we're all realizing 
so many things that we took for granted or that we thought were necessary but really aren't necessary. But food is one of those things that you need food to stay alive. <laughs> you know, it's not optional. It is an essential thing, like one of the few absolutely essential things that you need to stay alive. You know, food, water, oxygen, kind of the basics. And really thinking about how important that food supply is and valuing the people who are producing it for you, you know, or learning how to produce some for yourself. I think if if that's like more awareness and appreciation for that process can come out of this just tragic thing that we're all going through, then that to me is a, is a big silver lining. Thanks for listening to In Season on Coast Community Radio.